1: This is the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by In We Go, which is a new thing. Uh, I'm Henry Chisholm, and before I tell you more about In We Go, uh, I want to tell you about a terrible thing that happened, and that's that I did this podcast on like a, a Twitter Live thing. So that I mean because it's like a fun thing to do. It's Friday, so I do fun things on Fridays, like go to the Nuggets watch party tonight, for example. Um, but there's like a bunch of different steps to doing one of those live Twitter things. Um, you have to like get everything all set up and then you have to like type the thing and they have to be ready to like retweet it from my account since it's going on the DNVR Buffs account and all that kind of stuff. One of those things is to click the record button so that the microphone I'm holding actually records what I say. Um, I skipped that step today. And I'm not really sure how much I missed, but I think i missed like 20 minutes or so, which is, I don't know. I mean, you guys probably all like in whatever you do have things that happen like this that frustrates you. Like you work on something for a long time and then it disappears. Um, You know, I guess now everything like kind of auto saves. That's kind of a thing of the past, but it's uh, it sucks. Um. Yeah. So here we are. I'm gonna redo the first bit of this, including telling you about InWeGo, the new presenting sponsor of the DNVR Buffs podcast. And this one is actually going to stick around for a while because uh, it's kind of the perfect fit for me because I love InWeGo. Um. So InWeGo is a subscription service that I think we actually partnered with two summers ago. So the summer of 2018. Um, And so that was when I was interning down here. And as part of like our deal with them, we got In We Go for free. So I didn't have to pay for it. um, And the way it works is essentially it's like Netflix, but for tickets to things. So food festivals, um, most Nuggets games are on there. You know, they play the Raptors here soon. That's on there. They play the Bucks here soon. That's on there. Most of the Avs games too, if you guys are lacrosse fans, then uh, Mammoth games. I'm I'm pretty sure all of the Home Buffs football games were on there um, this season um, for football. And I'm pretty sure, I'm not sure if it's all of the basketball games. I think all of the basketball games were on there too. So yeah, if you're trying to go to sports, this is the way to do it. Most of the Rockies games as well. Um, basically just not Broncos, but, uh, yeah. So, so it's pretty cool. There's also concerts. I remember when we first came down here, we went to go see Taylor Swift. Um, because how can you say no to that? Uh, I know like third eye blind is coming up on there. 303 with little Johns coming up on there. Um, there was one more, one more name I recognize. Oh, Miranda Lambert. Um, is on there. So I don't know, whatever kind of music you like, like I know the roots have been on there recently. I saw Kendrick Lamar because he was on there. Um, there's, there's been a bunch of awesome things. So it's a great service. Um, I'm so excited to be partnering with them again. Again, the way it works is you basically get like four tickets a month and there's a whole bunch of events. Oh, the food festivals are probably the best part, but the food festivals, there's like, I think there was like a macaroni and cheese and beer fest a couple weeks ago. So it's just like all you can eat and like they'll bring in a bunch of different restaurants um and there'll be like a hundred of them and they all bring like there's a couple of taco ones top tacos incredible and each one brings their own kind of taco like rk tried a cricket taco um which was in like one category that you could vote for like the basically the weird food category or uh there was like real tacos and all sorts of different tacos but they also give their own margaritas and it's all you can eat and all you can drink and usually those tickets are like a hundred bucks at least but you can get them through the app um it's a steal and the best part is if you use the code dnvr then you can get your first month free so there you go um really cannot recommend this enough i'm excited because i think i get a discount again so so yeah um Definitely check out in we Go, Inwego, I N W E G O. You just can't beat it. That's how I do half of the things that I do in my life. Um, sports. So today, and I just realized I didn't really tease this at all, but I teased it on the first version of this. Uh, we're talking about Chev being offensive coordinator. Uh, talking about the basketball game. I just, I, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Oh, boy, is that frustrating. See, immediately, I just feel deflated just thinking about what happened in that basketball game. Um, but, yeah, that's that's going to be later on. Also, uh, I kind of wanted to start with the NFL Combine where Steven Montez outran LaVisca Chenault. Yeah. Um, let's start with Steven. Steven had an incredible day. Um could not have gone better. He actually outran Jalen Hurts. Then they those are like the unofficial times and the official times they like tweak just a tiny bit. I don't understand how that works, but I think Jalen Hurts passed Steven in the official times. Um but still, even the fact that it's close is pretty crazy considering who those two quarterbacks are. Um so that's that's what got Steven on the map. And then they get in the passing drills. Where you know they run a whole bunch of different routes. Um, so so like they'll they'll have 25 receivers in the group. I think it's like 27 receivers in the group, um, and they all run like a corner route to the right side of the field. And then they flip and they run a corner route to the left side of the field. And they run the hitches and they run the fades. And uh, I think they just have a, like a normal fly route too. I'm trying to remember. I think that's most of them. But yeah, so that's how it works. You have all these different routes that they run, and then they do on both sides. Then the quarterbacks will just rotate through. So there's like five quarterbacks in the group. And one will throw a ball, and then the next one will, and the next one will, and they just rotate through. So that's the way it works. Those are what the drills are. There's like a dig route that's there might even be a post route. There's a bunch of routes. They did this for a while. But uh, Stephen was on fire is <laughs> where I'm going with all this. Whatever he was asked to do, he did it perfectly. In his interview, he said, I think I have the strongest arm here, um, like period, no doubt. And he, he backed that up. You know, Justin Herbert, the quarterback from Oregon, he's getting a lot of hype for his uh, combine performance. Uh, he was making all the throws as well. There really weren't many things you could knock in his game either, but if, if you were to watch the film of Justin Herbert yesterday, uh, who was kind of unanimous winner with uh, Steven Montez, just kind of comparing the two. You know what? I'll say it's a toss-up. I'll say it's a toss-up. Toss um, and again, you, you honestly, I mean, there are knocks to Justin Herbert's game too. You, the, the next point I wanted to make was that, you know, Steven had all of the flaws he had in college, um, the footwork, the... Um, inconsistency, not showing up to some games, being an elite college quarterback in one game, and then being uh, maybe an elite high school quarterback, and maybe not even that in the next game. Um, Yeah, so that's all going on too, and that's not going to be forgotten, and I'm not pounding the table saying, you know what, if he's not first-round pick, then what are teams doing? But he's going to get picked. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that he's just too talented to not touch Uh, meanwhile Justin Herbert has his own flaws too like that he doesn't uh, show up in big games for example and sometimes doesn't show up in other games now him not showing up isn't quite as bad as the way that Steven doesn't show up but you know that's the knock there too also Justin Herbert I don't know those every outbreaking route he's just all over it he's putting the ball right where it needs to be um this isn't a Justin Herbert podcast though this is barely even a Stephen Montez podcast anymore, um, but yeah, he uh, he was good. I was impressed. Um, jumping to Visca, who was slower than Stephen. Um, it was a rough day. It was a really rough day. So, Visca isn't actually doing the drills. That was never in the plans. He has like the inflamed groin, um, which sounds awful. Really cannot emphasize enough how terrible that particular injury is um, there. It sounds or whatever, but uh, so Visca, he wasn't playing on doing anything other than run the 40. I think he did the bench press two, um the day before and uh it didn't go well. I think that this groin injury, my, my understanding is that it's something that's just still going from the season. It takes a little bit for that to, I mean, if you guys have hurt your groin, you know how terrible it is. it, it just doesn't go away. It's like I I had it when I was in high school. I tweaked my groin, and I swear it was years. I swear it, w- it would just randomly flare up again. Um, like I think it first started maybe my sophomore year, and i just like make a cut in a lacrosse practice my senior year and be like, oh, yep, there's that again. And eventually it went away, but I don't know. Also, you know, I, I don't have access – as a Montana high school club lacrosse player that uh, Visca does at this point in his life. So I'm sure it's not quite as bad, but yeah, those just don't go away. Um, So that's why I really thought that this was like lingering from the season, but uh, didn't go well. So you get two attempts at the 40 and if you like fault or you line up wrong or something, then that doesn't count in his attempt. You just go back and do it again. Some guys really struggled getting off the line, but uh, Visca. So he gets up there And starts and gets like 10 yards out and then just kind of like peels off to the side. It's like, huh, what went wrong? And he didn't get off to a great start for sure. But you wonder if he may have tweaked something there. Um, It's a weird thing because whoever like the proctor is of those drills, they must work for the team or something because... Or not like the team, but a team, and they're just like hyping him up. They're like, Yeah, good call, good call. You didn't quite have it. You got it this time, like you're gonna fly, all this kind of stuff. And he's walking back, getting lined up again. And uh the second time, again, this still counts as his first run because he like something went wrong and he kinda of peeled off, but uh he ran a four five nine, which you know, I kinda had him I thought he was gonna be four 4-4 four to four four five. Um, somewhere in there. So he was a ways off from my expectation. He didn't look like himself. Um, I, I really do think that he tweaked something. Well, and then he didn't run it a second time. So he didn't even attempt the second run. And that's not like, you never see that. You never see somebody run like a, Oh wow, that was a four, three, two. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Like they always give it another run. Um, so he, he must've tweaked something. We'll see it as pro day. I think that's March 10th. I'll be up there. Andre Simone will be up there. Um, yeah, so he'll he'll likely run that again unless he has an injury thing flare up. He'll do all the other drills. He'll do the vertical. He'll do the three cone, all that kind of stuff. Um, but then also get balls thrown to him, which is a really important part of the evaluation process. Um. So yeah, it's an interesting discussion whether Visca... Whether he should move up or down on draft boards based on what happened. Um, You know, is it better if he's hurt? I think you have to say moves down draft boards, I guess. But uh, is it better that he was hurt and that was his time or would it have been better if he wasn't hurt because the injury narrative is there? And so I I really don't think that this is something that's too concerning. Um, If he doesn't run it as pro day, then it's concerning. Um, if he runs another four, five, nine at his pro day, then it's concerning because, you know, he isn't necessarily a speedster, but he projected to be a lot faster than he was. Um, so we'll see how it all goes. Again, he didn't run the second time, which means something was wrong. Um, who knows how much of a difference that is, though. So, yeah, those are some thoughts on the combine. Great day for Steven. Um, Tony Brown looked good too you know his 40 time was I think he ran like a four six six the first time and a four six eight the second time so a tenth of a second behind Steven um again didn't really expect him to shine there uh but then in the other drills he he was catching the ball he looked pretty fluid um I'll call him a neutral. I'll say I'll say Tony was a neutral. Um, Steven was a big winner. Visco was a loser. And uh, Davion will start today, actually. I think he already did his bench press, but I haven't seen the numbers anywhere. And then I think the linebacker, like the actual drills and 40 time and all that kind of stuff will be tomorrow, Saturday. So we'll talk about that as it goes. He has the potential to really make some noise in the forty. Um, because he is an all-pack 1200-meter dash sprinter. So, that bodes well for him looking fast compared to linebackers. Um, yeah. So, that's Combine stuff. Um, we're going to cut into the actual podcast that I recorded earlier. Because right around here is where it cut out. Hopefully, I didn't say anything I'm going to say already. It was kind of a weird thing. Because, like, also, I'm still live. And so, I didn't have a chance to be like, okay, recap. What has already been said? What hasn't? Um, Also, I wasn't in a very happy state of mind wanting to think too much about this kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, here is, I think uh, we are transitioning into talking about Darren Cheverini here. That's my understanding. Okay. (laughs) Bye, I guess. I don't know. This is a weird thing for me. Bye. But uh, yeah, Um, I think that I think that Stephen really helped himself. I think Visca was... You know, uh, we did get one comment on that stuff. Uh, Blake Rapp says, Boulder native, diehard Buffs fan, and Wyoming alum would be so much fun to see Alan Tosta to Visca. Yeah, that'd actually be a great fit. Um, LaVisca going to... Buffalo. Um, because of the way they use their receivers, you know, they are interested in those gadget guys. It is a West Coast offense, which is Visca's best fit. If you've been listening to the DNVR Buffs podcast, I think we talked about that on yesterday's show uh, with Andre Simone. But um you you know, the West Coast offense is very much an offense where you get the ball in your playmaker's hands and then you let them go. You know, if they're running a five-yard out route, you're putting the ball right on the money, right on that break, getting him the ball. And then he he has the opportunity to make the guy covering him miss, and if he does that, then he can actually go make himself a play. Um, that's what the West Coast offense is all about. That's what this uh, – like the Chiefs offense, that's what it's built on. Um, all these little routes, Tyree Kill, let him go do something after. And that's kind of – I mean – uh, Carl Durrell the Buffs new head coach runs a West Coast offense so it does kind of start from there the passing concepts kind of start from um there um he's much more run heavy again if you haven't listened to yesterday's podcast you should jump back to that last DMVR Buffs podcast because Andre Simone and I both watched a bunch of film of the of his time at UCLA um and then also at Vanderbilt and kind of what his offenses looked like and what we can expect um here in boulder and what could change from that time but he was very heavy lots of tight ends lots of running backs you know i i think i think that he's kind of keeping things going the same direction that uh they were going with the last coaching staff uh speaking of the new coaching staff darren Cheverini is going to be the offensive coordinator i can't remember who reported that yesterday um but There we go. Um, we were wondering who that would be. I think we all kind of knew in the back of our heads that Chev's sticking around, you know, he obviously wanted that head coaching job. Um, it makes sense for him to get a promotion given that he didn't get that, but he was kind of in that conversation. (sighs) So I have a bunch of thoughts here. Um, First off, very happy for Chavarini. Um, I think that he is in the perfect situation now, again, running this West Coast offense under a guy like Carl Durrell, who can help out a lot more than a defensive guy like um, Mike McIntyre could have helped him out the first time around. He was really just on his own trying to put those things together last time he was offensive coordinator. Um, this time, Carl Durrell's there to help. Um, he'll also be helping with the receivers. Um, I do think that this is... The perfect situation for the receivers having Cheverini as offensive coordinator, because when you're receiver's coach and offensive coordinator, then sometimes you neglect the receivers just a little bit because you're spending so much time with the rest of the offense. Like there's all you don't all of a sudden get more hours in your day. He's still responsible for all of the receivers, but also has these other responsibilities that are going to pull him away from that. That means that there's a good chance, I think, that Carl Durrell will be spending more time with these receivers than if Darren Ciaverini was just a straight-up receivers coach. And it's not that Darren Ciaverini is a bad receivers coach, but Carl Durrell is one of the five best receivers coaches alive right now. Um, We've spent a lot of... I mean, we can list the names off. Devontae Parker, Eric Decker, uh, Rod Smith, Ed McCaffrey, um, Robbie Anderson, Quincy Inunua. Like, all these guys who have outperformed expectations... Because they worked with Carl Durrell. Having him spend more time with um, Katie Nixon, with Daniel Arias, um, who is just like a big ball of untapped potential, that's going to be a good thing. And I think it's good for Chev too, because all of these guys, I expect to take a big step forward because Carl Durrell is in Boulder. And... Chavarini going to get credit for some of that step forward. And again, he'll deserve some of it. And some of it will be because of um, Durrell's coaching and not because of Cheverini's coaching. Um, perfect situation there. Also, Carl Durrell will... We still don't have a lot of names. There's still some open spots on the staff. I'm curious to say to see where things go from here. Cheverini, um, because of his experience, I wouldn't expect to be one of the more highly paid offensive coordinators in the Pac-12 um you know, if if you had brought in a guy like Tom Cable, the off or the offensive line coach from the Raiders, who is very close with Carl Durrell, then I think you'd be spending quite a bit of money to uh to bring him to Boulder by promoting Cheverini, you're not cutting into that assistant coach pool nearly as much as we would have expected for this job um that means there's money to spend other places i mean could you convince tom cable to take a lateral move from oakland to colorado to be the offensive line coach because you can pay more money because you aren't spending as much on Cheverini. that's on the table um the more they bring back guys like you know brian Mikulowski, who's a great coach um and a name that you need to keep thinking of a, a guy who could be the next defensive coordinator up you know depending on if Tyson Summers has 2 3 more years here um that would kind of fit the Mikulowski timeline um but he at this point as i think he's 29 he's not commanding a massive salary as linebacker's coach Tyson Summers not going to be one of the highest paid defensive coordinators i would expect could he possibly be a defensive backs coach because we i don't think we've heard officially that he will be back as defensive coordinator who knows but the staff as put together now there there are a lot of value guys um it isn't it isn't these big flashy guys which means that assistant coaching pool is still kind of piling up and there's an opportunity to uh, to spend that on whoever else they bring in. So we'll keep following that, of course, in the next couple of days to see who the rest of the assistant coaches are. Um, okay, Cheverini's offense because we did get to see him run an offense a few years ago. It didn't go well. Um, there isn't there isn't really another way to say it. I think we we're all disappointed. Um, I wasn't covering the team at the time. Uh, so I went back through when I took over DNVR Buffs this summer and watched all of the games from the year before. So I have seen all the tape. Um, and again, the Chevrini offense, for those of you who don't remember, that was the 2018 season when there were lots of screen passes, a lot of spread concepts. Again, Cheverini comes from the Air Raid. Um, you know Texas Tech he also played at Colorado so it's a little bit different he has some various experience but he also does have that Texas Tech air raid experience and we saw a lot of that Um, spreading spreading the defense out um, using the screen game as a as as your running game um, throwing those little passes to Visca um, in the flat letting him go Make a play. Uh, that that was all the Cheverini offense. Um, it worked very well early in the season against, you know, Colorado State, Nebraska. I think New Hampshire was a non-conference opponent that year. Um, but then throughout the season, it all kind of went downhill. Um, teams figured it out, and so that's going to be the big question the second time around for the Cheverini offense is. You've shown that you have some creativity. You've shown that you have plays that can um, beat a defense that the defense won't be prepared for. But also, was there enough depth that you were continuously throwing new things at defenses that they weren't able to game plan for? Things that you hadn't already put on film. Um, And I think that that's going to be the biggest test for Shevarini going forward is... Sure, you can build an offense that can win you three, four games early in the season. But then when it's all on the tape, can you keep winning? Um, Having Carl Durrell will help tremendously. Um, I I think that, like I've said before, that Durrell offensive system where you, you really are pounding the defense. You're getting the tough yards. It's third and three. You're, you're running the football. That's the way that Darrell offense works. Um, he did say in his press conference that he wanted more balance, um, which is interesting because that's not something that we really expect after watching all that film. So maybe he is becoming more modern. You know, the, the takeaway that Dre and I had in the podcast yesterday was that um, back at UCLA, Darrell was running a more pro-style offense than any current NFL offense. Like it's two tight ends, it's two running backs, it's bully ball. I do think that we're going to see a lot more passing this time around. Um Cheverini would I mean it'd make sense that he'd be the guy that you'd have do that because that's a lot of what he did when he was the offensive coordinator here the first time. Um I I still don't have a strong opinion on the Cheverini hire. Um I do think he deserves a second shot. Um, I don't think that because the offense didn't do well under him the first time that he should just never be given that chance again. And I think that this is a much more forgiving situation having a guy like Carl Durrell right there and whoever else they bring in. You know, we don't know who the quarterback's coach is. Uh we don't know who that offensive line coach is. Um I think that they're going to spend some money on those positions. Um, and I think that it's going to be, I'm still hopeful for the staff, even, even though maybe the OC hire of Chev isn't as flashy as some of the names that we had been throwing around. Um, hopefully it works. I'm excited to see it. I can definitely say I'm excited to see it. And I think it's good for the receivers. Um, before we jump into the basketball game last night, um, which is not going to be fun to talk about. <laughs> um, I want to tell you a little bit about Breckenridge Brewery. And if you guys don't have anything to do tonight, then you should come down to Blake Street Tavern and watch the Nuggets game because it is going to be a party. This is the most uh, most RSVPs we've ever had for a regular season watch party. We got the big room, and it's going to be packed. And if you're a DNVR member, you get your first Breckenridge beer on us. So... It's a great deal. Come watch basketball. Come talk buffs and uh, drink a free beer, um, a Breckenridge beer, because that's what I'm supposed to be talking about. Uh, Breckenridge is awesome. They make so much good stuff. I think Blake Street Stav- Tavern still has a Strawberry Sky on tap, which is my favorite. I think it's like my all-time favorite beer, not just Breckenridge beers, but everywhere. has just that light little strawberry taste, but mostly it's uh, just a good beer. Um, and if you want to try it, you can come to the watch party tonight at Blake Street Tavern or... You can go to the beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website, and uh, it'll get you pointed in the right direction. Also, would like to tell you about our good friends at Illegal Pete's, where if you're going to an event, you have a ticket, whether it's a concert or a sporting event, then you can head into uh, Illegal Pete's, any of the locations... Uh, I think there are six in Denver, three in Boulder, and then there's one in Fort Collins as well. And you get a free margarita or draft beer with the purchase of an entree if you show them a ticket from an event and tell them that we sent you. Uh, yeah. Okay, basketball. Um, that was a frustrating one. I, I, I think it'd be, it'd be tough not to have a bad feeling going into that game. Um, given how the Buffs have played on the road. You know, the, the, the path to winning a, a, a Pac-12 regular season title is sweeping your home weekends and splitting your road weekends. If you do that, you're going to be right in it going into the last week. Um, Colorado's blown some home games, um, and because they blew those home games, they needed a road sweep. They weren't able to get a road sweep all season. This was their last chance, um, playing Cal, playing Stanford. They didn't do it um, for a bunch of different reasons. They just, this looked slow. They didn't look into it. They didn't look like themselves. Um, it's been the weird thing this year that Colorado has looked very good against good teams, except for maybe the Kansas game, and they've looked pretty bad against the bad teams. Um, they've typically been able to squeak out wins. They've only lost, what, Seven? eight games all season, including the non-conference schedule. So they're still winning, but some of these losses, you know, Northern Iowa, they should have won. UCLA, really got to beat UCLA. Um, Although that is a better team than we realized the first time they played. Um, And then this weekend, last night, Cal, that was one that you had to have. And, you know, it's tough to win games in the Pac-12 on the road, but if you're a if if you're a real conference contender, if you're as good as we keep saying that you are, when your back's against the wall, you need to be able to get that win. And they didn't do it. And now the conference title is pretty much out of the question, which is too bad because I really think that, you know, if if you're let's just let's just say you're Kansas, um, and and you have to pick one of these Pac 12 teams that you don't want to play. I think Colorado's right up there. Um, you know, Arizona's right up there. Oregon's right up there. But uh, for for Colorado to pretty much be out of it, two with two games to play, they're too good for that. And um, they've been kind of skating by on that talent. Maybe I, I don't want to like just say that they're not putting in effort because we don't know that for sure. Like it it kind of looks like it at times for sure. They don't look like they're clicking, and it seems like that's something where. If you know how to play basketball with each other, like you've proven that you you can, why isn't it always happening? And why is it only happening when you're playing a team like Oregon or you're playing a team like, uh, I guess Arizona, they didn't, Um, Arizona State, you know, these, these good teams they play up to and the bad teams, they, they don't, they play down to and sometimes pull it out. So it's been frustrating. Um, Firefighter Buff says, Buffs will bounce back in a major way against Stanford. Last time we lost two in a row, we won five straight. Yeah, yeah. I think this is the first time they weren't able to bounce back because they were so good and they put themselves in bad situations over and over where it's like wow they need to string together a few wins if they're going to stay up at the top of the conference be in this first seat or first spot the second spot so that they can make a play at the end of the season and they've responded every time until yesterday um and and it almost seemed like up until this point not they were like magic but they we could say this is very obviously oh Okay. Uh, I got a phone call during that. Okay. I'm going to wait just one second. Retweet this and then I'll jump back in. Um, buffs refresh. Okay. Um, we are back now. I got a phone call and apparently that turns off the live thing. And that's my fault because I didn't put my phone on do not disturb. Now I know. Um, so yeah, Back to the basketball thing. Every time they've had their backs up against the wall, they've been able to respond up until yesterday, and I think that's what makes yesterday's loss kind of brutal. Um, because up until this point, they've lost games, and we've said, yeah, every t- every basketball team loses games. The the whoever wins the Pac-12 basketball title is going to lose some games, and they're going to regret all of those losses. You know, Oregon's looking back on their four or five losses, saying. Wow, wish we could have had that one, wish we could have had that one. You know, that Colorado game on the road was tough, but I think we could have pulled it out. That's what every college basketball fan base is saying right now. And that's because all basketball teams lose. The thing about last night's loss that was different for Colorado is that it was kind of the dagger. Every loss up to that point, we've been able to say, yeah, they lost, but look at this path. They still have this path. It's just fine. Every team loses. Conference champions don't lose six times. Is that what they're up to now? I think so. Um, so that's kind of just over. And that's disappointing. Um, because this really is i mean, right up there with the most talented teams that have ever come through Colorado. Um, I don't want to like start saying the season's over and we need to start looking at next year. But it is worth pointing out that Lucas Seward's gone. And that's going to be really tough to swallow. Shane Gatling's gone. He's a starter, and he's been a starter for a couple years, and he's he's typically played well when they've needed him. Um, beyond that, is McKinley Wright gone? Who knows? Is Tyler Bay going to the draft? Who knows? Um, but there is the potential to run it back with most of this team, um, which makes it feel a little bit better. At this point, though, you kind of have to shift your sights. Um, it isn't about winning the regular season title. It isn't about clinching the one seed in the Pac-12 tournament. It's about getting a bye, because right now, the way things stand, Colorado does not have a bye. They're in fifth. Top four get those spots. They need to win out. Um, they need to bounce back against Stanford, and that's a tough game. Um remember what was happening the first time that Colorado played Stanford, uh, they were down big, and I, and I think, what was it, something like a 19-point run, or a 22-4 to 4 run, something right around there, and, and they were on, like, I think there were four points into that run, something like that, when, uh, the big man from Stanford, um, went down in the collision with, uh, Evan Batty, and, uh, that really helped Colorado make that run. All of a sudden, their post presence was gone. So, even though Colorado did beat Stanford the first time around, they were kind of helped out by that injury. You know, there's also like the weird things are going on. Evan crying the entire game. Who knows about all that stuff? But the truth is, Stanford was down potentially their best player. Um, and he's back. Their whole team is healthy. They were missing a couple of other guys as well. And this game is going to be in California. So... It's going to be tough and Colorado needs to win um, because if they end up going into this conference tournament as the five seed, the six seed, it's going to be really disappointing. They need need to crawl back into that four spot, that three spot um, and then make a run in the tournament so they get a decent NCAA seed. You know, that's that's kind of what we're all looking toward. Um, This whole season is about can this team make a sweet 16 run an elite eight run. And I still think that's totally on the table. But they, they can't lose again. I think that they might even need that conference title to put them in that four seed, three seed range. I think in the net rankings, uh, Tyler Ziskin tweeted this out today, I, I think they fell to 17th. So if, if you're going off of those, that puts them as the best five seed um, in the tournament. That's not bad. I think I think that a lot of years everybody in Boulder would be thrilled with that. But when we're talking about the things we're talking about, Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, you got to do better. You've got to get up into that four spot, that three spot, and um, they can't really afford to lose again. Maybe not until the Pac-12 final, um, if that's what they want to happen. Um, So yeah, you know, the the regular season title is pretty much out of the question at this point, and now it's time to really play with the backs up against the wall, because they do need to win these last couple of games. Um, It's frustrating. It's frustrating for sure. Um, You know, especially because they weren't, it didn't look like they were less talented last night. Um, it it didn't look like a game where they just didn't have a shot, um, because they were passing the ball and they I think they had more assists. They had like only two more turnovers. Um, They settled for jump shots the way they do. They didn't really run the offense. They didn't get the ball into the post and start generating mismatches and finding open guys. And that's what they do when they're at their best. That's what every basketball team does when it's at its best. Instead, it was a lot of dribbling around, not getting much penetration, then throwing up a jump shot late. It didn't work. Sometimes for this team, because it's so talented, that can work. You know, McKinley Wright knocked down a couple of tough shots in the last game uh, against UCLA. He kept them alive. Um, He he made those two deep three-pointers with hands in his face, and you know what? They couldn't get the stops to make it actually mean anything, but he still gave him a chance because even when the offense wasn't working, he could score. Tyler Bay can do stuff like that. Evan Batty can do stuff like that. Um, Dallas Walton can kind of do stuff like that too. But uh, it, it didn't happen last night and they needed it to. They were relying on tough shots going in because they're good shooters. And that's not the formula for actually winning um, basketball games. So <sighs> disappointing. Disappointing, and I don't think there's any other way to say it. Um, They missed out on their first goal, which was a regular season conference title. Um, Now it's on to Pac-12, and from then it's on to the NCAAs and see if they can actually make a run. Um, I think that's going to do it for the live portion of today's show. If you guys want to hear more, you can always go to the DNVR Buffs podcast, which you can listen to anywhere. Leave reviews. We appreciate reviews. They actually mean a whole bunch. And uh, we'll see you then. Also, if you haven't checked out yesterday's podcast, I had Andre Simone on, who's like DNVR's film guy. And we uh, talked a lot about the Carl Durrell scheme. We were watching a bunch of film before that. So, yeah. Check that one out for sure. Um, Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll talk to you guys, well, I guess on the podcast, but then Sunday after the game.
0: They like my Colorado squash. Swag, yeah. It's pushing 180. Speeding past competition. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy yeah. and borders where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Boy. When I hit the. It's so hard to behave yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave Look into my eyes, I can tell that you're afraid uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya, hit ya. hit, ya. hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watchin' the uh, official yeah. You just better, hope you make it to the next whistle God. And we ain't playin' with ya, you, you can get it anytime We yeah. start at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the line. Yeah. I'm Colorado swag in the middle of the ring Green. Knocking down team after I think team. they like my Colorado play Cause when I'm in it play I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in it go you know I'm acting bad Get a bus with my Colorado Sway. My Colorado Sway. My Colorado Sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado Sway. My Colorado Sway. My Colorado Sway. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado Sway. Have you ever seen around? I'm going to Colorado. Bo- 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 L- Get them bucks, get them bust, mess them up, we say we got em. If we don't, then we'll get them, when we see them, then I we add them They like my Colorado Sway, cause when I'm in it play I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad Holla, get them bust with my Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway I think they like, I think they like my Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway Boy, I think they like my Colorado. Swag. I they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I do really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Highland get a books with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sweat. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado sweat.